Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. 
As you know, this is a pre-recorded show, so we are actually doing this show on the day of the commemoration of the assassination, the murder of El Haj Malik El Shabazz, also known as Malcolm X, um, this day, Monday, February 21st. So, um, 1965. Okay, so we are going to hear from him, which is always such a powerful moment. Uh, We are going to listen to the June 28th, 1964 speech uh, that Malcolm X did when he he spoke uh, at the founding rally of the Organization of Afro-American Unity in New York, where he called for freedom, justice, and equality by any means necessary. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and and our enemies. Everybody is here. As many of you know, uh, last March, when it was announced that I was no longer in the Black Muslim Movement, it was pointed out that it was my intention to work among the 22 million non-Muslim Afro-Americans and to try and form some type of organization or create a situation where the young people our young people, the students and others, could study the problems of our people for a period of time and then come up with a new analysis and give us some new ideas and some new suggestions as to how to approach a problem that too many other people had been playing around with for too long. And that we would have some kind of meeting and determine at a later date whether to form a black nationalist party or a black nationalist army. There have been many of our people across the country from all walks of life who have taken it upon themselves to try and pool their ideas and to come up with some kind of solution to the problem that confronts all of our people. And tonight we are here to try and get an understanding of what it is they've come up with. Also, recently, when I was blessed to make a trip or a pilgrimage, a religious pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca, where I met many people from all over the world, plus spent many weeks in Africa trying to broaden my own scope and get more of an open mind to look at the problem as it actually is, One of the things that I realized, and I realized this even before going over there, was that our African brothers have gained their independence faster than you and I here in America have. They've also gained recognition and respect as human beings much faster than you and I. Just 10 years ago on the African continent, our people were colonized. They were suffering all forms of colonization, oppression, exploitation, degradation, humiliation, discrimination, and every other kind of Asian. And in uh, 
a short time, they have gained more independence, more recognition, more respect as human beings than you and I have. And I live in a country which is supposed to be the citadel of education, freedom, justice, democracy, all of those other pretty soundings. So it was our intention to try and find out what was our African brothers doing to get results so that you and I could study what they had done and perhaps gain from that study or benefit from their experiences. And my traveling over there was designed to help to find out how. One of the first things that the independent African nations did was to form an organization called the Organization of African Unity. The purpose of our organization of Afro-American Unity, which has the same aim and objective, to fight whoever gets in our way. of people of African descent here in the Western Hemisphere and first here in the United States and bring about the freedom of these people by any means necessary. That's our motto. The purpose of our organization is to start right here in Harlem which has the largest concentration of people of African descent that exists anywhere on this earth. There are more Africans here in Harlem than exist in any city on the African continent. Because that's what you and I are, Africans. The Charter of the United Nations, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the Constitution of the United States, and the Bill of Rights are the principles in which we believe and that these documents, if put into practice, represent the essence of mankind's hopes and, uh, and good intentions, desirous that all Afro-American people and organizations should henceforth unite so that the welfare and well-being of our people will be assured we are resolved to reinforce the common bond of purpose between our people by submerging all of our differences and establishing non-sectarian constructive programs for human rights. We hereby present this charter, number one, the establishment. The organization of Afro-American unity shall include all people of African descent in the Western Hemisphere. In essence, what it is saying, instead of you and me running around here seeking allies in our struggle for freedom, in the Irish neighborhood, or the Jewish neighborhood, or the Italian neighborhood, we need to we need to seek some allies among people who look something like we do. And once we get their allies, it's time out for you and me to stop running away from the wolf, right into the arms of the fox, looking for some kind of help. That's a drag. Number two. Self-defense. Since self-preservation is the first law of nature, we assert the Afro-Americans' right to self-defense. The Constitution of the United States of America clearly affirms the right of every American citizen to bear arms. And as Americans, 
We will not give up a single right guaranteed under the Constitution. The history, the history of unpunished violence against our people clearly indicates that we must be prepared to defend ourselves or we will continue to be a defenseless people at the mercy of a ruthless and violent racist mob. Ah, yes, why history is so important. It's so good to know where we came from, how it all started. And I want to give a shout out to those people that have recorded uh, these very, very important um, events. All right, we are going to spend the rest of the hour hearing from Bomani Uhuru Jihad Shakur talking about the new African nation. Uh, He's giving us some serious background Um, and also New African Nation Day that is coming up at the end of March. Here we go. All right, beautiful people. I have with me here Bomani Uhu Shakur, who's going to be talking to us about New African Nation Day, amongst other things. So, uh, Bomani, it's great to have you here, brother. Can you please introduce yourself to the people? Yes, uh, First off, um, I appreciate being here, and I appreciate all your efforts uh, in the past, the present, and future, and the things you're doing right now. Um, free the land. Uh, my name is Minister. I'm the, my name is Minister Bumani Yehuru Jahad Shakir. I'm the National Minister of Information for the Provision of Good Public Africa. I'm also the co-host of Provision of Good Public Africa radio show that airs today at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock. PM uh, Pacific Standard Time. I'm also the host of Georgia University Radio. I'm also uh, the chief of personnel of Georgia University. I'm also the admin spokesperson of Georgia University. I'm also a member of Black Office Organized Committee. I'm also a member of the Eman Jamia Action Network. Eman Jamia, formerly known as H. Rod Brown, is a political prisoner. And I'm also a member of a local cadre uh, organization. Uh, political party in my local New African population district known as John Henry Clark Town, Miss Don McClellan, Georgia, now organization known as the People Party for Independence. We operate on five principles known as DC, which is defense, education, economics, politics, and culture. And the whole aspect is to all control to operate every community environment we're in through the base of the land, which is the base of the independence. And I'm, I'm, I'm great to be in And I, I'm, I'm um, and I, I'm, it's very good to be here and share my thoughts and ideas and concept with you all. All right. Thank you for that. Wow. Even I, I, well, of course, I'm still getting to know you, brother. That is an amazing resume you've got there about what you're involved in. And I'm so grateful to you as well, because I think uh, most of us, or way too many of us, um, uh, do not, even know about so many of these organizations, about the provisional uh, government of the Republic of New Africa, about being a new African. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate also you, the work that you are doing uh, to not only uh, be a part of keeping this alive, because it does have some historical context, which I know you're going to be talking with us. Um, and then also for those of us that are uh, coming in new to this, like myself. So I'm really looking forward to um to what you're about to share. So uh, will you please talk a little bit more about the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa? Um, 
yeah, just some, some background on that and, you know, what it is for people that have no idea. Okay. Well, uh, first off, um, the Prisoner Republic Africa is not an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a government. We are a nation, a new African nation. Uh, and now I'm, I'm about to give you a little historical content in regards to how it developed. Well, um, uh, first uh, I'd like to send a, uh, a commemoration and shout out to uh, Malcolm X today, who was the, who actually the father of New Africa, who was assassinated on, today, on this date, 57 years ago, in the Audubon Ballroom in Harlem, New York. He was assassinated. You know, before his assassination, uh, Malcolm X, known as Chapman Malcolm X, of the organization African American Unity, and also known as Brother Omar Wiley, which is the name he was given to, was given to him uh, when he visited to, um, to Nigeria, which is a Yoruba language, meaning the, the son has came home. Uh, and also, he was given the, the name of El Hamali El Shabazz as an Islamic attribute when he, he, he took the pilgrimage to Mecca, to the holy city of Islam. Now, Malcolm X, uh, a lot of times we hear about Malcolm X being a member of the Nation of Islam, uh, you hear about him being uh, incarcerated and the board I run for Malcolm X, things of that nature. But we very seldom hear about his political ideology or his, his affiliations. Mm-hmm. One of his affiliations that he had was he was actually a member of the Revolutionary Action Movement. And the Revolutionary Action Movement was a, a revolutionary black national organization that operated above ground and well operated underground. And Malcolm X was the international spokesperson, uh, international spokesman for the Revolution Action Movement. And, 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 and that was some of the work he was doing when he, when he went, when he went to Africa. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about the pilgrimage, um, to Mecca. It was about him doing the work around and affiliation and associations. That's why he read so many African countries and talked to so many different African dignitaries mm. during that particular time. And also, he was the only, uh, you quote unquote, new African, um, to, uh, that were able to actually speak at the African Union, uh, when he was over there in 64. He was, he was the only person able to speak that, that wasn't, um, uh, living in Africa at that particular time. He was the only, he was the only new African, uh, new African, a person from, uh, a, a person of African descent from the empire, which is America at that time, was able to speak. And he spoke about the atrocities that were going on with new African people uh, in the empire in America, such as the police brutality, the mass incarceration, the poverty, uh, the drug addictions, the so-called war on drugs, uh, uh, the gangs, uh, the, the disproportionate aspects of people, uh, housing conditions, uh, the poverty level, the deprivation of food, the deprivation of education, and so forth and so on, things that we, we still face to the particular day. Mm. Can I ask you, know, you one no. thing? I just want to ask you. So was and was he calling black people here in America when he was in Africa new Africans? And was he no. claiming his? Was he saying he was a new African at that time? No, no. no. Okay. He, he, he asked. It wasn't the term "new African" wasn't in particular uses at that time. Okay. But whereas on the contrary, uh, Malcolm X's mother and father were Garveyites. Ah, right. And okay. And Marcus Mar- Garvey, he's always say that we must be the new the new Negro. Oh. He must he always scratch we need a new Negro. He also scratch that we must go back to Africa. Mm-hmm. Now historically, the auto market must say Garvey never went back to Africa as a physical location. But 
he actually had that, that African mind. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it uh, um, dialectically and symbolically, and uh, um, and you look at it realistic where it really is, when he's saying he saying he kept saying go by the African, he said himself he called it president of African national. He said we must call the new Negro, and he said we all were Africans all around the world. And you say he must call the new Negro. He basically was telling you that you must be the new African, and mm-hmm. in, 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 in particular, yes. And, and everything he said, Martin Garvey said, uh, "Where's our men a bigger fan? Where's our government? Where's our army? Where's our flag? Where's our nation?" He said all those things, right? Mm-hmm. And all the things he said came into uh, fruition when the British government of Africa did so in 1968. Well. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump to that a little later on, but right now I'm just getting like a historical contents in regard to certain things to build up to it. Uh, at, at the time of Garvey, we have to turn people that were following McCall the Garveyites. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Marky Garvey daddy and mom were Garveyites as well. As well as uh, Honorable Adam Muhammad was a Garveyite at the same time of his life. Okay, so Malcolm X was actually going to Malcolm X's father was actually the prisoner of the Garvey chapter. I think in Omaha, Nebraska, where he was at that particular time, he remember going to the meet as a as a young man, as a young boy. He was real young going to the meet, mm-hmm. so he was around the Garveyites, and and upon his if his father you know, his father got assassinated as well. His father got assassinated due to his affiliations uh, by white supremacists in the area who knew what he was doing and, and didn't, didn't want him to to actually be building any kind of nation or even. Um, promote any kind of Afro-nationalism, even flying the colors of red, black, and green, anything like that, so they assassinate him. Wow. You know, that was, what, that was what happened to your father. You know, and, and upon Malcolm X going to prison, uh, he went to the prison as a criminal, as a criminal. He went to prison as a criminal. And while he was in prison, he met brothers in the nation of Islam, and even some of his family members and brothers and sisters in the nation of Islam as well, who were writing to him, so, so they aspire inspired him to become part of the nation of Islam. But really, what really inspired him to really brought in mind state is that the way the information, with the information, how he, he felt he found the information was powerful and that it, it was um, liberating to, to learn about your culture, your history, ideas you never knew about. It was liberating. It gave you life. It gave you a new purpose, a new role, a new situation in life. It made, it made you into a new person, a new man. So uh, upon him embracing that ideology, he rolled to the ranks as the national, the national uh, uh, spokesperson for the nation of Islam. And during these times, uh, he shared a lot of revolutionary black, revolutionary black national ideas. Mm-hmm. And one of the first person he really, really ran into uh, within uh, the movement that was prominent at that time in 1960 was, was Fred Castro. That was in 1960 in Harlem, New York. Mm-hmm. When Fred Castro came over for like a United, United Nation meeting, when Fred Castro came over here, uh, he secretly met with Malcolm X. And we know, you know the FBI, you know what I'm saying, uh, the government officials and the CIA, all the other individuals watching this correspondence with, with him because they, they already have felt um, betrayed by Castro already. They already felt betrayed by Castro because uh, uh, the United States offered some assistance in regards to him gaining his independence, but he, he, didn't want, he didn't want that particular help. They wanted him to be more in tune and abreast to what we're going to term Americanism, mm-hmm. but he went another route. Uh, and went to the aspect of socialism, communism, and other aspects of political ideology that were that were indifferent to the American society. Okay, and but the reason for Castro meeting with him, he wanted to discuss with Malcolm X of 
the plight in particular of the relationship and the potential of new Africans, what was it really what turned to African at that time, you know, so this, uh, uh, black people on term at the time, or people African descent at that time, that and their relationship to the people in Cuba, the Latinos, and we're going to working out different alliances, different benefits, and other different situations that are benefiting people. Mm-hmm. Because later on, later on in the 60s and in the 70s, a lot of, um, uh, uh, basically in the 60s, a lot of people in the revolutionary black nationalist movement, like Huey New, uh, Robert Williams, who was the first president, they, 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 went, they went in exile in Cuba. And later on, you had people like uh, uh, Masai Shakir, uh, Masai Shakir, you had Mama Nahani Abidon, who returned to essence. Uh, they were continued African citizens. But they also had exile. They also had exile in Cuba, as well as uh, uh, a few other brothers that came from the West Coast that, that hijacked the plane in 1971. That they, they had they had political exile in Cuba as well. There's only one living right now. There's only one of them living right now, particularly. All the other three, all the other two are deceased. So. Cuba has always been a place of refuge and a place of assistance to not only the Black Liberation Movement, but whether you have the Independent Movement as well. Mm. So, so, so later on through Malcolm X's um, history, uh, he ran into a sister in Harlem, New York. Her name was Queen Mother Moore. And Queen Mother Moore introduced him to a brother named Dr. John Henry Clark. And Dr. John Henry Clark and Malcolm X became close comrades and co-allies. Mm. And she also introduced him to people like uh, Dr. Muhammad Akma, aka you no know, Maxwell Stafford at a particular time as well, who, who, who also was one of who also one of the founders of Ram. You know, Queen Mother Mo was in Ram also as well. Okay. So, so eventually, Malcolm X joined Ram. He joined Ram, can't enter that spokesperson and that spokesman. And also was in Ram at that time were uh, uh, Guy Abadelli, Amari Abadelli. Barbara Herman Ferguson, who also introduced him to it in Harlem, because Barbara Herman Ferguson became a part of his, became a member of Michael organization, of the African American Unity. And also, both of my corporate, he became a member of the organization of Malcolm X. He also was in Ram. As well as people like Dr. Matula Shakir, uh, people like uh, uh, Robert Williams, and the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of them people that, that I just named, Later on, Queen Mother Moore, Robert Williams, Dr. Barbara Daly, uh, Guy Abadelli, Barbara Henry Ferguson, Maxwell Stamp, Dr. Muhammad, a.k.a. Dr. Muhammad Akmar. A lot of those individuals later on were founders of the Bavarian Republic of Africa and also some of the, also the first cabinet minister, cabinet members of, of the Bavarian government as ranking officers and officials. Okay. So, and so as things transpired, uh, in our actuality, Gotti Abadelli, uh, uh, actually interviewed Malcolm X while he was in Africa at a unit at the African Union. He interviewed him. And when he interviewed him, uh, he broadcasted back to Detroit because he was a part of Gotti Abadelli, part of the called Gold Group of, group of Advanced Leadership. Now he's a part of that organization. You know, so he broadcasted back to, Detroit, so the people in Detroit can hear Malcolm X speaking about the atrocities being conducted upon the African people and in relation to the universal struggle that Africans will face on the continent in regard to colonialism and slavery and other aspects as well. They broadcast it. And once Malcolm X was assassinated, which is today, which is February 21st, 1965, 
why he's assassinated. Uh, 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 the, the first, the first agent, the first agent. She might be the only Asian citizen of the Britain of that I know of. Historically, was Sister Yuri uh, uh, Kotiyama. She actually would deal with Malcolm was assassinated. She actually was holding him in her arm when when, when he would die, mm -hmm. and, and, and she was a close comrade of him. She, she became the first um, Asian citizen of the Republic of Africa through a process called acculturation. Mm -hmm. Where we also have um, citizens that are Jamaican, citizens that are, that are, that are, that are um, Haitian, and citizens that are from other countries as well that have, that have also. Uh, New African citizenship, you know, also as well. Wow. Not, not to mention that we have a lot of citizens that have citizenship in other countries as well. I do it, like citizens in Ghana and other African countries as well. Citizens in Senegal, you know, we have citizens that have citizenship in other countries as well. We're going to try to do a citizenship if, if any individual choose to do so in that particular aspect. Now, uh, upon Malcolm's assassination, uh, Two of his students, uh, Amari and Gaidi Abadelli, which known the Hearing Brothers at that time, uh, before they adopted the African name, they found an old lady called the Malcolm X Society in 1967. Okay, when he found, let me take that back, before they found the Malcolm X Society, uh, Gaidi Abadelli wrote a, a document called, he wrote a document called War in America, aka the Malcolm X Document. He wrote that in 1966. Wait, it's called okay. War in America, the Malcolm X Doctrine? Yeah, War in America, the Malcolm X Doctrine. Now, he wrote that in 1966. That's the first time he wrote it. The first, he wrote it first time then. He wrote again in 1968. He, he revised it in 1991. But he first wrote it in 1966. And we look at that being, as being the first document uh, that the, 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 the prison government Alpha put out. Then we look at that being the first document. Because he wrote it again in 1968 as well. Okay. So, what he did in 1967, that him, him and their brothers, Gaidi, him and their brother Gaidi, and the other brother, uh, I got to think of name, but right now, particularly my mind, all three other individuals, they find the Malcolm X Society in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And once they find the Malcolm X, that was in 67. Once they find the Malcolm X Society, they started to build on the process of Malcolm X, what going on in regards to, uh, 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 talk, Malcolm X, I always stress that all, all struggles, all wars are fought for land. He, he always mentioned the aspect of land being the base of independence and the struggle for land, those that being reported anything. That, that's why he's always speak about the aspect of being Africans, the aspect of being of having your own nation. That was not much spoke about it because you believe in nationhood. So, so what they did in March 15, 1968, on the Malcolm Society, they, 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 they trash kind of the letter and it sent a letter out to all the different people who were involved in the struggle and the movements. Uh, interest the letter was uh, dated March the fifth, nineteen sixty eight, and what would take would take place was a black government convention. They're gonna take place in Detroit, Michigan, on March the thirtieth through thirty first, with a two day convention. Now, upon the two day convention, uh, people arrived there on Friday, which is March the twenty ninth. And doing the people arriving there Friday, they actually had the opportunity. Uh, to talk to each other, converse, share ideas, and actually build on certain foundation ideas about the conference that was taking place the next day. So that whole thing became a, a, na a, a nation day. It became a, a, a black government conference weekend that they were shared at that time, which was, which was the 29th, 30th, and 31st. But the, but the event was a two-day event for the 30th, 31st. 
which was which was Sunday were recognized. So throughout those two days, that they they met in different places, like Twenty Grand Hotel, which which a, a new African hotel, where a lot of people staying at. They went at Wayne University, which was a, a a new African university, and they also met at the Black Shrine of Madonna, which is a Pan African Orthodox Christian church by Albert Clee. You know, Albert Clee would have founded that. And actually, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the members of a lot of a lot of members of Black Orthodox side were also. Uh, a lot of early members also in the Black Shrine down as well. You know, so they, they were connected to the, those to the standpoint. They were actually have meetings. And a lot of times they had meetings at Abercrombie Halls and other situations like that, right? They were connected to them. So they were having no meeting in three days. So on March 31st, 1968, uh, they drafted the first document, which is known as the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence was created as an aspect for you have some people to declare the independent for the United, from the United, from the, you know, from the, from the empire, uh, and, and declare themselves as a nation, as a new African nation. And upon, and the first person to sign the Declaration of Independence was Queen Mother Moore. You know, Queen Mother Moore. And we, we are saying to know Queen Mother Moore as the mother being a mother of New Africa. And Malcolm as the father of New Africa. We are saying to know them as the mother and father of New Africa. But also, all other, uh, mothers, and father of New Africa, but those are the the, 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 the prime mother and father of New Africa. Now, the second person to sign Declaration of Independence was, was uh, Papa Henry Wells. And Papa Henry Wells was, um, he has a long history as well. Uh, he was, but Papa Henry Wells and Queen Monroe were the two elders of the situation. Both of them were already in his 70s already. Um, Papa Wells was one of the, the, the first original members of the Nation of Islam when he first started recruiting in Detroit. He was the first original members of the Nation of Islam. Okay, Queen Mother Moore, one of the uh, one of the first first Garveyites uh, in Louisiana, and she had defended Martin Garvey when he came to Louisiana. They wanted to have a speak to Queen Mother Moore. I said, "Well, comrades, you know, they they they, they went in their arm, showing guns and everything, and demanded that Martin Garvey speak and let Martin Garvey speak." And Louisiana became uh, uh, the, the uh, became the place, the biggest place in the world. The way they had the most garbage chapters in the world due to the fact that Queen Mother Moore stood up. Queen Mother Moore always believed in carrying guns. You know, she had one in her purse and she also might have a shotgun somewhere. You know, she had, she always believed in carrying guns, you know. Mm-hmm. She all believed in armed struggle. I hear that. So other first people decided to decorate your independence. And it resulted in at least 200 people signed decorate your independence. And these different people who signed up was from different movements. Uh, different affiliations, uh, different spiritual background, different political ideology, and different associations, right? And, and what, what ended up happening was they, they, they created um they created the term that they, they were new African people. Uh, they, they, Queen Mother Moore came, Queen Mother came up with that that we knew African people. She also came up with the term that uh, um, for the army to be the Black Legion, and the reason she called the Black Legion because they were the name of the, the, of the military, the army of the University Negro Proof Association with Martin Garvey found with the Garvey. They were, they were the army of that. So she named the army the same name that the Garvey had because she was a Garvey. She still was a Garvey herself. As well as Sister Dar Abacar, who was a Garvey also. That, that, that was two of the people, they were two of the Garvey people who actually, uh, uh, was a founder of the government. You know, those were two of the individuals. Whereas the government functioned upon a provision of government. And the first person to introduce the provisional government to the masses of the people was Marky Garvey. When he, when he introduced the provisional government of uh, the University of Negro Approved Social African Community Leagues, 
when you first introduced that in 1914, Jamaica. Then you came and introduced again in America in 1916 in New York. And while he was in New York, that, that's when you met people like Kwame Nkrumah, uh, Mayhem, as well as uh, people like Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh went on in 1945 to establish the government of Vietnam. Kwame Nkrumah went on and established the division of Ghana in 1957. Mm-hmm. And all, and all that was due to the fact that they met Marcus Garvey. Wow. He inspired both of them, you know, to find the prison of government. Okay. The government. okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so in regard to that particular sense, all, all this, like, historical information can be, can be you can research, you got information, it's, it's out there. You know, okay. Now, uh, they established a particular cabinet. Okay, I'm telling you, a, a cabinet. No, so the cabinet, because the, the cabinet was based with the same type of um, structure that Kwame Nkrumah had uh, in his in his provision together, like Minister of Culture, Minister of Education, uh, Minister of Information, mm-hmm. uh, President, you know what I'm saying? The okay. same, same way government established, the same way they established the provision together. Okay. Okay. And, you know, uh, uh, and they took, they took the colors of Godfrey flag uh, the red, black, and green, and they changed the order around the colors because they said that we, we said that we was at war, and and until until we attain our nation, uh, we're gonna we're gonna accept this war flag, which is uh green at the top because we said free the land, which is our motto because that we that we demand that we want, you know what I'm saying? And red is in the middle and smaller because we 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 have a shit that little bloodshed that we need to attain that land, a uh, build a nation that we talking about, and black is at the bottom. There's a nation of people with the bottom of the totem pole until we get that land, which is the basis of our independence. Mm-hmm. So, so we developed a new African flag. Okay. Now, uh, upon developing a new African flag, you know, um, uh, what, what we looked at New Africa as a historical context in regards to that we not there, we, we wasn't the original African people anymore, but we was a new breed. We was a new type of people that have endured, uh, Slavery and mass incarceration because realistically, when you look at it, you think about it. When 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 the first slaves were brought over here, uh, or the first human chattel slaves, the first property were brought over here, uh, that's when the new affirmation began. Right. Some want to say sixteen nineteen, and some say fifteen twenty six. Uh, depending on where you where else you look at and how you looking at the situation. Well, we look at it from where we look at it. Uh, sixteen nineteen, right in America. Right in Virginia and other places, right? Mm-hmm. That when the new affidavit started started uh, building because the first birth took place the following year, sixteen twenty one, in Virginia, within these so called colonists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we think about that in regards to like uh, you had white slave master raping our women. Uh, you, you had you had runaway slave running to native people, mixing with their bloodline. They mixed with the bloodline and mixed with the white bloodline, and we developed to a new type of people. We still carry some of the same ideas we had as people, people of ancient people of Ghana, ancient people of Nigeria, ancient people of Zimbabwe, so forth, so on. The other places in regards to our culture being Zulu, Mandingo, Wula, I'm saying Iwe, Igbo people, Yoruba people, I'm saying people of Kemet, Kushite people, you know, so forth, so on, right? But we developed to a new type of people, mm-hmm. and but we still continue to carry on the aspect that. That we wanted to be free and liberated because naturally on the motherland, on the continent, uh, we, we was we, we were free people. We were free to walk around, just eat any kind of fruit and vegetables, or, uh, whatever we wanted. We were naturally, we, we were free you know, to, uh, to enjoy, uh, all the beauties of creation from, from the rivers, uh, from the sun, the moon, the plants, 
the planets, the animals, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, the monuments, the mounds, the statues, we, we were able to, we were able freely to enjoy all of this without any kind of persecution, um, and we, we didn't have no, no prisons, we didn't have no political prisoners, we didn't have no retirement homes, we didn't have none of that, you know, because we didn't have no need for all of this stuff. We wasn't trying to give our parents away. We were trying to give our people away. We weren't giving them away. You know, we, we, we wasn't betraying our family member due to the fact that we feel like we didn't have time for them like we do right now in this current culture. No, no, we incarcerating our brothers because if we had any kind of crime, everything would happen by a particular law system, legal system, uh, universal law that, that were given to us, that was it by us, that, that, was all, that were always fair. Yeah, we weren't about those particular atrocities, you know, in regards to our people in general. So there were new African nations that began, start, started being built during that time. From 1619 all the way up to the 1800, so to speak, when they so-called abolished slavery, the 13th Amendment. We really, we really, 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 really did, you know, so they legalized slavery again, turned into another sense of things by including mass incarceration, which is the prejudice of the penal system at that time. They continue, continue on. The continue, the, 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 there was a continuation of the Chattel slave system, along with along with the American academic system. That doesn't teach anything about our history, culture, or people, or gives them that kind of identity that puts us out there as a criminal person, as well as our commodity, our human capital, to the nation, society, or people. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're basically what we're being done. But now, but I'm gonna go back to the cabinet again. Some of the original members of the cabinet were uh, um, uh, Dr. Betty Shabazz. She also wanted to sign the grave which was the widow and wife of El Hamali El Shabazz. Mm -hmm. She was the second by the first the first second vice president of Virginia Republic of Africa. Mm -hmm. And the first vice president of Virginia Republic at that time was uh Gadi Abadeli. You know, Gadi Abadeli came from Gold Group on Vast Leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, um he came from the Macamar Society, you know, Queen uh, uh he came from those those Macamar Society, you know. He also was a member of the Revolution Action Movement. Uh, Dr. Betty Shabazz came from that. She was a member of the Muslim Mosque Incorporated after Order of African Unity. She became Orthodox Muslim. Uh, when Malcolm became Orthodox Muslim, she also performed the Nation Islam. Okay. And the first, the first president, uh, first, first president who, who wasn't, who wasn't able to sign the independence without President H side, which was Robert Williams, who was at, who was in Tanzania at that particular time. So Robert Williams, Gaidi Abadeli, and uh, 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 um, and a few other people. Let's see, Gadi Abadeli, uh, Amari Abadeli, and um, uh, and a few other comrades. Um, they, they went to Tanzania to meet with Robert William in 1968. They went to meet with him uh, to offer him the presidency, and he accepted it. He accepted the presidency aspect, what? but but why why he wasn't here? Okay. Gadi Abadeli was the acting president of the Virginia Republic of Africa. Whereas the first minister of information of the Virginia of the cabinet was Amari Abadeli, which is Gaia Abadeli's uh, brother. Amari okay. Abadeli, uh, he also was a, was a school teacher, uh, a school teacher, educator. Right? He, he had wrote numerous books uh, in, in Philadelphia, while he was in the Philadelphia school system. And a lot of books he wrote, they challenged, they challenged their, their academic system. In regards to um, uh, lend a lot of uh, quote unquote black literature and black education to the schools at that time, he challenged that mm -hmm. by the things he was right, you know. And um, he became the first he was the first minister of information. Like I said, he's also came from the background being Ram, 
actually, uh, Robert Williams, I mean, uh, our astrology guy, Abdelli, Mario Abdelli, were actually working, working, doing a lot of, uh, working in a lot of education department, uh, uh, with Malcolm X in regards to formulating education. That's what they were doing. They were researchers. They were researchers for Malcolm X, you know, and we had organizations. Did, uh, sorry, were they the ones, uh, were one of them the ones that wrote the War in America, the Malcolm X doctrine? Yeah, uh, uh, Dr. Amari Abdelli wrote War in America. Okay, got it. Okay, he wrote War in America. Okay, you know, then, then, then you had people like, uh, 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 you had people like Bob Hammer Ferguson, who became the first minister of education. And he was a, he was a, he came from a long, like, educators out of North Carolina and New York, because that's where he was from. He came from, like, his mother and father, both were auto educators. Mm -hmm. You know, and he also was involved in a lot of, uh, clandestine activity going to armed mm -hmm. struggle. He, he was involved in RAM, over the Alberta units, over the Malcolm X, Motormouth Incorporated, and so forth and so on, right? He became the first minister of education. Okay. So can I ask, um, just to interrupt just a second here, so were they, when they were doing their teachings, and this is in the, this is the mid-60s, early to mid-60s, or in, just saying through the 60s, were they actually, like, were they creating their own schools? Or they, like you said, were they just being more clandestine and subversive and teaching it um, through other, you know, the kind of a little bit more of the um, general system? Or were they creating their own schools? And were they actually teaching, and were they teaching this history and talking about, you know, new Africanism and Garvey is, you know, and, and well, well, teaching some of their... Uh, yeah, their teachings. True, true indeed. You know, it, it was a little bit of both. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and certain in certain places, um, the, the, the first African Center school was, was, was created by uh, what Baba was created by Baba Zulu, who's now currently located in uh, uh, in DC. Mm -hmm. it, it was called the, the Ujamaa uh, School. I think Ujamaa African School or something like that. He created the first school, uh, Alpha Center School, that was 1968. So he's the father of Alpha Center Schools. Mm -hmm. He also, he also is a citizen of the Public Alpha Well. He's also, he also a foster in the DC, uh, unit of the Virginia Public Africa as a certified dish. He was functioning that. He created one, the first, he created the first Alpha Center School, oh. you know, 1968. And there's a campaign on right now on social media in regard to trying to save the school. There's a campaign right now going on about him. In order to save the school. Okay. Now, um, now also, also, um, also, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, also, uh, people like, uh, Barbara, people like Barbara, um, uh, people like Barbara Hannibal, a freak in Chicago, uh, um, uh, um, during the late 60s, uh, during the late 60s, through the early 70s, he, he created, uh, he created, he created, uh, African shoe. Which is the uh, Avicenna School in, in, in the Chicago that was Avicenna as well. And he later on was the Minister of Education of the Radio Republic of Africa as a country as a citizen. And also, you got to think about it, you know, during those times, uh, there was a lot of people doing educational things in regards to some, some, some things the clandestine, some things were just for the people affiliated with certain organizations, clinics, and units, but, it, but the education was definitely being taught. But, you know, but but whereas on on a, on a school level in New York, uh, in New York in the early seventies, um, one of the first ministers of culture, but the government, Amir Baraki, aka Amir Baraki, 
um, he, who, who find the Congress of African people, he actually um, he actually had a uh, he actually had a freedom school that that that, um, that he founded, and the freedom school actually got absorbed into got absorbed into the new uh, the New Jersey um, New Jersey school system, and the freedom school was modeled after the school that he created in his organization, whereas in the school they were teaching Swahili. Uh, 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 they, 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 they were coming in, um, they were coming in, um, they were coming in, um, quoting and, uh, and, and taking the oath from the new, uh, taking the oath from the red, black, green flag when they come in, learn African principles, learn about African culture and dance and so forth and so on, right? Mm. Because he wanted to push people that pushed, uh, culture nationalism during that particular time on the East Coast, uh, whereas it was being pushed on the West Coast by, by, by people like people like Marvin X, mm-hmm. uh, who actually uh, supplied the first headquarter for the Black Unbothered Defense, and also people, people also being pushed by people uh, on the on the West Coast like like Dr. Lane Karinga. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Now, okay, the Dr. Lane Karinga uh, was also one of the first. Well, also one at the time of the first. We had three minister minister coach. The first minister coach was what was, was Baba uh, a surgeon out of Fume. Was it who, who actually was the one who introduced EFI to the Empire in 1959? He went and brought EFI over here, the culture of EFI. He brought it to America in 1959. He also was ordained a king in, in Nigeria by the European people. He ordained him a king. So he, he was actually a king. And right now, his son is, 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 the, is the ruling king of the village that he started in 1970 in called the Origin of the African Village, which is an independent African village based on the Yoruba and the Nigerian cultures and ideas and customs. No, he's the king. He's now. He had a full maker set, which is his son. Now, the, the, all three of them was uh, the first minister of culture of the original cabinet, whereas the minister of health and welfare uh, of the original cabinet was Queen Mother Moore. You know, Queen Mother has a long history as um, as a reparationist. She actually found helped co-found an organization along with some and other sisters called. Uh, uh, the, uh, um, the, 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 it was called, um, let's see, the organization, the Ethiopian, uh, organization Ethiopian Women, I think. They were called the organization Ethiopian Women, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, okay. Uh, and Queen, they find, that was a, they were put into a reparation. They were doing, they were put into a reparation, they find the organization. Hmm. You know? And they both were God as well. They put into a reparations and, other aspects of our life and was right, you know, and Queen Mother Moore actually had a long history of being and she was actually involved in the Communist Party back in our younger days. She part she part of the Communist Party as well. So she understood a certain aspect like the Black Belt thesis. The Black Belt thesis was a concept that the Communist Party was talking about in the days and forties. The Black Belt thesis was, was a constitution of what we try to do after right now, which is um the five states. You know, being South Carolina Bomani, Brother Bomani, um, can you, your sound changed a little bit, like you're a little bit farther away. Okay. Can you come? Okay. What about now? That's better, yes. Okay. Yes, because you okay. were just about to go into, it sounded like you were just about to go into um, New African Nation Day, or I think, or or the the, the commemoration of something. Go yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm, about to, I'm about to get to it. Uh, I, 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 what I was saying is that uh, Queen Mother Moore was a, was a communist mm-hmm. during her early years. And the communist party had a, had a ideology they were called the Black Belt thesis. 
what was later on rejected by a lot of the communist people and the black belt thesis were talking about uh, building building a structure or a nation or some kind of institution on in, in the black band and in, 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 in the so-called um, uh, Christian South or the black belt South with the term, you know what I'm saying, which is yes. the five states we associate with right now. Right, Being right. South Carolina, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. So so that concept was already floating around within the mind and mass of the people. So when the British government came about, you know, they took that concept and changed around to to, uh, to 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 accommodate what they actually uh, uh, what they actually were trying to push in order to build at that time because they understood that first one thing they understood that a lot of slaves were came to those particular places, especially Georgia and South Carolina, which are known that um, which where they had the, the, the capital, the first capital of Georgia at the time, the first capital of Georgia was, was Savannah, and Savannah was known as the seaport. Okay, and, and one. And Charleston, South Carolina, was a major city where they don't know in the poor city. Both of these cities was was, was on the edge was was on was on the edge of, 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 the, of the country. So they both were slave docks. They both were slave docks mm-hmm. and slave ships. Those people slave they were called the twin city because they had both one had ports coming to a lot of the slaves were coming to both of those spots. Right. Charleston, South Carolina, uh, and, and Savannah, Georgia. A lot of the slaves were coming from the Nigeria area, from the Ghana area, and all the other areas. A lot of people come from the Niger area, or the Niger River, they would start calling them niggas because they were coming from the Niger area, from the Niger River. Mm-hmm. So they started calling them niggas at that particular time when we were coming over here. Like, where you getting from? Where you get, where you getting from? Oh, that's a nigga. You know? Right, but right. instead of the Betty Bates was saying you came from the Niger area or Nigeria area. You know what I'm saying? You came from that particular area. Oh you know? God, right. So, so, so a lot of them slaves that were coming from Georgia and South Carolina, they're actually being pushed to other places like Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi. You know, they were pushed to other places, especially for a lot of thirteen colleges. Thirteen colleges were trying to expand, mm-hmm. especially when, it, especially when they got the uh, uh, Louisiana Purchase. That when they got there, you know, they they, they came up with the uh, thirteen colleges and everything. You know, they were really expanding aspect. So, uh, our people. And you have people actually build up all those places in regard to uh, uh, slave labor, uh, the fi- uh, slave labor, uh, the the the, uh, the the hostage situations, the businesses, and you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, being the form of the high form of commodity or capital at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, we did we did all we did all the agriculture work and everything so far to build it up. So all those places are also all those places are rich in soil. They're rich in land. They're rich. They're rich in abundant land. Uh, they, they're rich in our bloodshed as a people throughout slavery, and they, they also, also, they all, a lot of places also connected to uh, water masses. Because you look at our ancient civilizations from from, from Kish, to Nubia, uh, to Nigeria, to Ghana, Zimbabwe, to Congo, so forth, so on. All those places are connected to rivers. Listen, uh, Bomani, I, my God, I wish we had a two-hour show, but we don't. And we've only got about uh, five more minutes. So we're okay. going to have to take this beautiful chunk of history and, and, and just slam it to the front and tell us um, what's happening with New African uh, uh, Nation Day. When is it happening? Uh, where is it happening? And how can we be involved? Okay, okay. New African Nation Day. 2022 is taking place at the Crescent Culture Center in Birmingham, Alabama. 
The address is 1121 Tuscaloosa Avenue, Birmingham, Alabama, 35211. Now, uh, the new Nation Day is going to take place. It's going to be three days from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have a three-day event. The three-day event is going to tell you different uh, activities in regard to uh, uh, ancestral hours, uh, um, the elders speaking about the history, the final, uh, events, lecture like New African Family, uh, survival training, New African Citizenship, uh, presentation by the Wild Toast with the children. We have an Angoma, which is an African party. We have a meet, 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 meet and greet with the community, uh, 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 possibly a tour. Uh, Birmingham is still a history, certain things in the new African disciple world, the history of Whitehall, Alabama, Imagine Me, Alameda, a reenact my decorative independence, so forth, so on, right? You know, it's going to be time for people to be able to show activities together, uh, express what, express what it means to, uh, to, to deal with cooperative economics, see what it means to be a, um, in a unification aspect. And if, uh, for you one, people, it's going to be different ways to attend. You can attend physically. Uh, actually, today is the last day for the, uh, the early bird visit, which is, uh, $20 for the, um, Nation Day Conference, 20, 25 for the Angoma. Okay. Okay. I mean, okay. You know, the, today, today, uh, you know, I'm not, not, not 30 for the Angoma. Okay. 30 for the Angoma mm-hmm. and 20 for the, uh, and 20 for the, um, Nation Day, uh, right now. The late, they, the late day, like, um, the last, um, last day for the early bird special. And, and how to get access to it. You asking, you can go, you can go on to the, our, our, our Instagram page, which is Virginia Republic Alpha. You can also go on our Facebook page, Republic Alpha, or go on our Twitter page, which is Republic Alpha, or you also can go on our website, which is www.pg-ra.com, or you can go on to Eventbrite at www.eventbrite.com slash e slash new dash African dash nation dash day dash ticket, and, and you can be able to pull up uh, how you can register for New Affirmation Day. Now, there's also is a Zoom component as well. If you're not able to attend physically, you can fan through a Zoom component. They also register um a event right as well. All right. Thank you so much, um, Minister of Information, Bomani. I won't be able to say all the names. It's Bomani Uhuru Jihad Shakur. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, you are beautiful, and thank you, my God. I um thank you for doing what you do thank you for standing in that leadership role um as minister of information it's been just a delight to talk with you and i hope to have you back soon true indeed it was a, it was a pleasure it was a pleasure sharing information All i right. signed up for i signed up to be a propagandist that's what i'm gonna be <laughs> fantastic well you're amazing amazing at it thank you so much you're welcome right. free, free the land brother free the land body me necessary All right, that is our show, and the event, again, is taking place. It's this new African Nation Day taking place March 25th through the 27th, and the location, if you can be there in person, is Crescent Cultural Community Center, 1121 Tuscaloosa Avenue, Birmingham, Alabama. It's at 35211 if you also want to send anything. But this will be um, an eventbrite.com event, uh, you can find that at, uh, you know, the New African Day, New African Nation Day by going to Eventbrite. Also go to PG dot, I mean, PG dash RNA dot 
www.ghostbusters.com uh, if you can get all the information there as well about how to plug into this amazing event that will be also virtual. Uh, please visit uh, www.prisons.org and check out the California Prison Focus website and sanfranciscobayview.com as well to get all things prison. All right, um, get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.